Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. This is uh, episode number 441. Can you believe that? Try to do one of these a day. On a, um, I think we've done that pretty consistently all the way through. And so that's just where we can get in the habit of being in the Word of God daily in just various ways. You know, we really are so blessed to be able to be in the Word, whether uh, it's by listening to podcasts or watching things on TV or listening on radio or uh, streaming various things online or uh, messages at church, or reading the Word of God. I mean, it's just listening to the Word of God. It's just amazing the number of ways that we have to impart the Word of God into our lives. It's also amazing about how much we don't do it, isn't it? So anyway, uh, as I always ask you, please uh, pass the Word about these times together. That's all we're seeking to do is just to uh, read the Scripture together, uh, discuss it a little bit, and see what the Lord is saying to each one of us. Now, we're in John uh, chapter 7. And we've seen that things are getting sort of intense right here, okay? And you can go back and catch the last few episodes to see what's going on. But in John chapter 7, verse 32, we closed with this in the last episode. The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. That's about Jesus. And the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to seize him. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, here's what was going on. The people were saying, is this, is this not the Messiah? Maybe he is the Messiah. Because we thought this was the one that they were trying to arrest, okay, trying to do away with. But now he's right here and he's teaching. And the Pharisees, religious rulers, they haven't done anything. So do they actually believe that he is the Messiah? So you had this kind of thing going on. So the, the religious rulers determined, okay, this is enough. They sent some people, some officers to arrest him. So verse 33, therefore, in light of all this, Jesus said, for a little while longer, I am with you. Then I will go to him who sent me. Now, remember what Jesus had been saying over and over and over. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think this is the correct number that I shared yesterday. Uh, 39 times in this gospel, uh, Jesus says that the Father sent him. He says that 39 times in some form or fashion. And I think it's 22 of those times he says in the first eight chapters. Now he's going to drive it home even more in the eighth chapter. He actually says it five times. So now he's saying this, I, I'm going in a little while. I'm going back to the one who sent me. Now verse 34, you will seek me and will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. So he is telling them what is going to occur to him. He's not telling in details because you're going to see what happens right here. They get, uh, they start saying, what's happening? Look at verse 35. The Jews then said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? <laughs> That's an interesting little statement, isn't it? It's like, oh, really? You think you can go anywhere on this earth and we're not going to be able to find you in some form or fashion? So they're asking that question of one another. And then verse 35 continues with another question. He is not intending to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, is he? So Jesus had been... Uh, you know, in Galilee and in Judea. He had been in those regions. Now they're saying, hey, is he going to go to the dispersion? This is where the Jews had been scattered when Assyria came in 722 B.C. and captured the northern kingdom and took them off in captivity. He says he's not going to go there, is he, and teach the Greeks. He's not going to go and teach the Jewish people that are now among the Greek societies, is he? They were thinking that he's going to go somewhere that we don't necessarily want to go. 
Well, verse 36, what is this statement that he said? And then they quote Jesus. You will seek me and will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. And that's interesting. You think, well, why is that put that way? And actually, when you look at a red letter edition of the Bible, that's in red letters because they were quoting Jesus. What that shows us is that they heard him. They knew exactly what he was speaking. They may not have understood what he was saying all the time, but they heard it. And so they quoted him. Now, verse 37, this gets really interesting because all of this is occurring right here uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles, particularly the last uh, seven and eight days, the Feast of Sukkoth. And verse 37 says, now on the last day, the great day of the feast. And the Jews actually called uh, this particular feast of the Lord the great feast because it was the great celebration of the harvest. Okay, It was the last feast of the cycle of the feast during the year. And on this last day, you know how man is. Man creates all these traditions and everything. And loosely speaking, here's what happened. On the last day of this, which would have been the eighth day, on the last day, they had a tradition where they would go and get water. I think it was from the Pool of Siloam. They would get water in this pitcher. Then they would come up and they would pour it forth. And it was a big scene. It was a big a big thing that they did. Okay? And all these thousands of people have been gathered around. So on this last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said... From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And so it is believed, and this, and I agree, I think this is what happened right here, that when the priest was up there pouring forth this water, anticipating what spoke of the provision of the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord and for what, was, what he had done and what he's going to do in the next harvest and the next year, that at that moment in time, Jesus cried out, Notice this wasn't just a little soft-spoken kind of thing that he spoke and half a dozen people around him would have been able to hear him. He stood up and screamed this out to where the multitudes could hear him. And he screamed out what he'd already shared with the woman in the well. Remember that? The Samaritan woman that he encountered? If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And then he just He's been saying these things about uh, eating my flesh, drinking my blood. He's been, say, been saying things about if you're thirsty, then you need to drink of what I provide, that I am the bread of life, that I am the son of man, that I have come from my father. He's saying all of these things, which are driving the uh, religion is absolutely crazy. Now he just brings it home right here in verse 38. Let me back to 37. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So that uh, part from his innermost beings will flow rivers of living water is a quote from the Old Testament. It's a quote from the scripture. And so Jesus is saying this, that I am the one that the Old Testament speaks of. I'm the one that Moses spoke about. I'm the one that the prophets spoke about. And all you have to do is believe in me. And when you believe in me, you're going to have rivers of water, living water flowing from you. Well, what did he mean by that? Well, John interpreted for us. Verse 39, this will be the last verse we look at. But this, Jesus spoke of the Spirit 
whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So John is given a little interpretive word right here based upon what he knows is going to has happened, right? He's saying when Jesus said this, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that those who believed in him were to receive. Now, there were people here that were receiving him and they were believing, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Apparently, there was some sequencing of some things that had to happen. When you get to the end of John, you'll see something really interesting. When Jesus is still here on the earth, um, his last, the 40 days when he's about after he was resurrected, he actually breathes on a group of disciples and he says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And he gave the Holy Spirit to that group of disciples before the day of Pentecost that you see in Acts 2. It's an interesting little thing. And so it's not like this cut and dry thing where Jesus had to be gone and this had to happen, this had to happen before the Holy Spirit could come. No, no, no. Jesus had to be glorified, but he gave the Spirit to a group of people. And then the Holy Spirit came uh, upon all who believed. And that's what he's speaking of right here. Jesus was crying out to his people saying, if you will believe, if you'll believe in me, it will be, as the scripture says, innermost from your innermost being, rivers of living water. I've got to ask you, has this occurred with you? Or are you just playing some type of religious dance, some type of religious song? Examine yourself. See if you'll be of the faith. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.